Hello everyone, I'm Nina Tara, an art psychotherapist, and you are listening to Courageous Arts, A Deeper Dive, episode number five. So in today's episode, I am going to be talking to Sue Bulmer, who is also an art psychotherapist. And together we're going to be talking about infertility. And this is a subject I think you might agree that doesn't really get talked about that often. When I'm looking at statistics and it says that approximately 3.5 million people in the UK are impacted by this, um, both men and women. And yet, you know, sometimes we kind of avoid talking about this because we know as we we do in this podcast, we talk about the grief, the rituals and the the kind of other complex emotions that it can bring up as we're kind of going through these transitional spaces. It's a subject that's really, really close to my heart as well. And I think somewhere along the line, we may either know someone or we may be that person that has been impacted. Um, But yet we're not really ready to talk about it because it can keep it can be very vulnerable too so I'm really thankful and grateful that Sue joined me today um, to talk about this very subject and I hope that it, it kind of brings us you know something to you if this is where you are or if you know someone that is being impacted or has been please do share the podcast as I said before Every share, every rating helps me reach more people and normalise these conversations around mental health. So I'm going to leave you to have a listen. Enjoy, okay? And I'll catch you at the end. Okay, here, have a listen. Hello, everybody. I have Sue Bulmer with me. Um, Sue's, we've been... connected on Instagram didn't we I think yes while we were both doing our training yeah absolutely we were connected on Instagram and over the over the time actually we've both graduated now we're both in working so over the time we've kind of been connected and Sue's so you know she's lovely and she's sort of um, uh, agreed to come on the podcast to talk about uh, to take a deeper dive actually as we were saying a d- deeper dive yes. so let me tell you about Sue. Sue Bomber grew up in a farm in the northeast of England where she lived with her family until she went off to uni. She now resides in rural Nottinghamshire in a cosy cottage with her husband and border collie but still spends plenty of time with her family when she can. She initially trained as a pharmacist, but then went on to explore the creative side of life when she took a foundation course in art and design in her 30s. She's now a registered art psychotherapist, and as well as practicing artists, she also works from her converted studio at the top of her cottage garden. She believes it's never too late to make big changes in life and that getting outside of your comfort zone is where the exciting stuff happens. And that is so true because we both, we both, I think, retrained at a much sort of later time in our lives. So (laughs) I couldn't agree more, Sue. Yes. Um, And actually, when you're talking about getting outside of your comfort zone, that's where we are today in this I would agree. <laughs> Both of us, um, me putting the podcast together and you being here. Yes. So shall we? Shall we dive into? 
I think we should, yes. Yeah. Um, Sue, could you share briefly a time when you found yourself impacted by mental health issues or and actually how you navigated um, that time? Yes, I can. So we're probably going back to 2004, 2005, when... Um, I we were struggling with infertility struggling to have a family and I was feeling a bit of a crossroads in my life really and not feeling particularly happy with life either and my sister suggested that I should I've been talking about going back to do some kind of creative pursuits and my sister suggested that I take a foundation course in art and design mm. and I started making art again and being creative and I, after the course had finished, I spent the next few years kind of exploring just um, creativity. And I think that really helped through a really difficult period mm. in my life. And it's not until I look back that I realized that I was using art therapy on myself. I was yeah. um, using the creative process to help me through a really difficult personal time mm. um, in my life. And Looking back, I do wonder whether I had depression, and, but I never went and sought any medical help about it. I just thought I felt really unhappy mm. and I, yeah, kind of used creativity to, to fill a gap, to give me purpose where I didn't really feel like I had much mm -hmm. purpose in my life. And mm -hmm. it really helped me to heal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just touching, going back on infertility, because it's a really big topic isn't it and it's it's one that doesn't get a lot of um you know space to to kind of have a voice um personally absolutely i i understand exactly what you're talking about um because i have been through the similar similar roads to yourself mm. and i think it's, it's extraordinary when we think of actually how many people do um navigate that yes. and the yeah. It's, a, it's a real taboo subject and I don't yeah. think it gets talked about enough. Yeah. But when you do start talking about it, that is when you realise how far reaching and how many people mm. it does impact. Yeah. It's surprising. I think as soon as you break the taboo yourself, yeah. which is kind of what I'm, what one of the things I'm doing today by talking yeah. to you yeah. about it, you hopefully you think that you can hopefully reach out to other people um, mm. And, and share this experience um yeah yeah because I was thinking when you're in it it can feel really isolating um and it can feel like it's just happening to you yes and that can be really really and you you touched on about not knowing whether you had depression and it can be a really a low point um very much um you know navigating that space when there's expectations of yourself and others expectations as well isn't there outside of us yes. and actually what happens when a body decides to work as a particular way <clears throat> yes or, or fail to work the way you want it to and yeah for, for me I had this um idea that everything I'd wanted to do in my life up to that point I'd kind of gone to university and I'd got qualified and I'd got a job and we'd got a house and we'd mm. got married and got on a lovely honeymoon we went traveling for a year and came back worked hard family was the next thing that we found ourselves wanting to have mm. and mm. and really that's the feeling of wanting something and not being able to do anything about getting the, the dream 
it really makes you feel out of control you feel like you've lost control um, and everything's taken out of your hands yeah and it just is really disempowering and it can have so many effects on on the people who go through this you know Mm. it brings up feelings of shame feelings of failure Mm. feelings really difficult feelings of envy towards others who have the dream that you wanted and I personally ended up feeling like just such a horrible person because Mm. of all these difficult feelings that I was holding and it wasn't until I actually started my art therapy clinical supervision working with bereavement and loss Mm. with the reading that I was doing that I realized that what I'd been going through was and experiencing was grief yeah it was like it was a real penny drop moment Mm. and I thought wow why did nobody tell me yeah that I would grieve afterwards yeah and actually grief can come in so many different forms can't it and when we think about um as you said you know a plan has to be adapted so uh so dramatically um because so many things are out of our control and i was thinking also about women that choose not to have children you know and Absolutely. actually expectations that people have of them and yes. um and actually you know there's so many things around expectations that it can be a real challenge it can be a real mm. as you said a grief process and how to mark that with a ritual mm. Yes, I really felt like uh, the art that I made during that time, it was very much unconsciously, I was making art about vessels. Mm. Um, and I did a bit of reading in, I don't know whether you're aware of Laura Seftel's book, Grief Unseen. No, no. Oh, it's a brilliant book. Um, and she talked about, she made um, images of teapots and containers and vessels and and that's what I did and I read it and thought wow this is so such a a fluke such a coincidence yeah well you're describing the power of art therapy aren't you yourself like going through that process the unconscious process of yes things that can't be spoken about or are even uh, potentially unknown to us consciously absolutely and I did go back consciously to explore this in my um independent scholarship part Mm. part of my master's and um, went through a very long process nine month process of exploring these feelings of grief and loss associated Mm. with infertility through a big research art art based research process Mm. and um, I was lucky enough to work with Professor Susan Hogan she was one of my supervisors and um, she asked um, she approached me to see whether I would be interested in putting that chapter into her the book that she was editing, oh, which is um, is therapeutic arts in pregnancy, birth, and new parenthood. And that was such an honour to be included in a publication with so many other yeah. amazing art therapists. It's such a, a pivot. We'll put that in the show notes. Actually, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, that will be really good for others to sort of be able to share but it's quite an interesting pivot in terms of that self-development and that journey as you said of the grieving um and and actually the kind of the transition and the process that has to be gone through and actually sometimes it's not even known it's not even known to us that that's actually what's being asked and that can be where something is kind of pushed back down as we manage to kind of just 
get on, you know, and actually yeah. it comes back later on as something else. And it's always useful to have that space to be able to dialogue. It was very useful. It was very useful. And I, I also sort of dealt with it in, in personal therapy as well, which mm. you will know that yeah. that's one of the things that you have to do throughout yeah. your art therapy training. And I just feel like the process of working through it in my independent scholarship and the work that we did in personal therapy has just helped me to heal and to mm -hmm. move on. And now I hope to be able to work mm. with other people who've experienced infertility as yes. an art therapist to yeah. you know to be able to help them explore their issues and their experiences creatively yeah so that actually brings me on um to the next question because you've already kind of explained why you're, you're in this field but um is that where your work is at the moment is that you finding that's the area that you're predominantly working in no not at the moment um so i do have plans to do that i've done a couple of courses with um the foundation for infant loss i've done a training co couple of training courses with them and british infertility counseling mm -hmm. association run a fantastic uh, foundation course over a weekend um, about infertility counselling so it's definitely something that I want to explore mm. and also um, developing a project with another art therapist um, to put together some kind of online resource for people mm. who have experienced infertility and pregnancy loss um, but at the moment I'm working for a charity in Nottingham um, who deal with sexual abuse so a very different field oh, um, oh. but I'd like to explore um, working with clients who've experienced infertility, infertility as well. Yeah. And actually, as you're talking about um, uh, the, the work that you're doing at the moment, again, that's another really deep issue as we talked about shame and blame and all the kind of things that can come with these issues. But actually, um, when worked through, we can see it's not, they're not ours. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's been a very steep learning curve and, and you know it's I'm always I know I'm learning every week I'm learning from my clients that I'm working with I'm learning from the organization you know it's full of amazing people who are so supportive and um, yes it's a it's a continuous learning journey lifelong learning um, I think when you become an art therapist absolutely and I think it's it's important to keep keep that learning going because um, it always surprises me um, in art therapy when I see a patient or a client making that internal shift and also as you said in our own personal um, therapy because yeah I'm still in therapy I still do I still visit um, an art therapist um, and that internal shift that can happen through the art yes. making <clears throat> is is so um, utterly powerful and I wondered Sue if um, there was anything from your your past work that you could share with us when you've you've actually had that experience with with a client <clears throat> where they've made a, a kind of shift like that that you've been able to sort of see Maybe when I was working in clinical, in my clinical placement and I was working with bereavement and loss, maybe one client comes to mind who through the creative process, she, see, she came to a realisation that she was worth the self-care mm -hmm. that she'd previously been denying herself. <clears throat> yeah. And to see her start to be able to help herself mm. was amazing. It was a really rewarding piece of work. 
Yeah, it's that inward journey, isn't it? And mm. and actually, it reminds me of <clears throat> you know the, the the process of as we were saying about infertility and any any other traumatic um, event that can have us not taking that space to, for self care. Yes, yes. I'm just at the moment reading a book about self compassion, um, ah, which yeah. is um, something that I'm having to. To I think we're all having to maybe be a bit more compassionate with ourselves during these strange times that we're living in with covid um but it's something again something i'm working on and trying to be kinder to myself because i do put myself under unnecessary pressure um, in my work and i want to get it right and yeah it's you know about when you make mistakes it's about not beating yourself up Mm. about it but being kind to yourself and speaking to yourself like you would speak to a friend or a client absolutely and i think you know one of the things i've learned is especially in in um clinic there isn't there's no space that doesn't mean that you can't go back and repair and i think that's really really important even if a mistake has been made is this the process of repairing as well is really really as equally as important yes yes i agree and to to do that with ourselves as well is often something that we forget (laughs) yes absolutely I need to constantly remind myself so that the book that I'm reading is being really useful at the moment. I was going to ask you actually about um, books that you may have bought or downloaded recently, but you've, you've mentioned the therapeutic arts in pregnancy, the one that you've actually got a chapter in, but this one, is it a recent buy or which one? Uh, yes, it's got like, more uh, yes, it's Kristin Neff um, and it's called Self-Compassion, kind of quarter of the way through it. And it's by Kristen Neff, and that's a good, good read. It is. I would recommend it. I'm finding it very useful. Are you, you finding yourself making any process art through reading that? I haven't at the moment, but I think that's mostly because I read it when I'm, before I'm going to sleep or I'm reading yes. it when I'm um, not in my art making space. But I think that is another self-care thing that I need to start practicing a bit more is giving myself the yeah. time to yeah. make some response art because I, I attended a back training session uh, last weekend, the dyadic art therapy training, and mm. we made response art and in a, in a group, in a breakout room online. And I just found it, you know, when, when you forget about doing something and then you do it after not doing it for a long time and you think, yes, I need to start doing this yeah. more often. Yeah. And I think something about that connection, about connecting to each other as well, even any, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the fact that, you know, here we're doing this via Zoom and we're in boxes um, not really, you know, even though we know each other, we've not really had the opportunity to meet each other because that's normally where we would in trainings uh, yes. somewhere in yeah. person. Um, and so, like, how do we reach out to make these connections, even though it may feel like, yeah, I really don't want to do that. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be visible. And I don't, you know, and that, and that can be a real impact where mm. we are right now and how we reach to connect in this like, disconnected um way is really really important yes very much so i guess it takes me back to the um what you said in the introduction about um being outside of your comfort zone it really is where the exciting stuff happens and it's where the growth happens 
and, yeah. and that's why I push myself to do things like this whilst it might be scary and whilst it might make me feel vulnerable it's 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 a process of growth yeah yeah and that's absolutely the truth um I think personally as well any crisis has always been a pivot for me um and it's when you're in the crisis it can be really hard to see a space to pivot which is why it's really important to have these conversations because that could be mm. the kickstarter for somebody to go I'm not alone here you know I'm not alone and then be able to do that self-exploration and to have that springboard for for their own internal change which is why it's so important I'm really grateful Sue that you're you're bringing this topic and it is a really important topic and as I said to you it's really close to my heart as well and you're quite right it's not one that gets spoken about and we could really open it up and and go deep deeper and deeper but then we'd we'd end up with a two hour long podcast (laughs) (laughs) but maybe we could revisit it sometime and then have another a deeper dive into um deeper dive into it because there's so many aspects of um infertility um that we don't really think about and also Mm. about the changes that happen in the body and the you know um and and also going through the infertility process what can happen when putting all that chemical into us and then you know it's all that huge change that can happen as you you were talking about depression as well and it can really impact your emotions because it's a real roller coaster i read read something in one of the um articles that i read while i was preparing for my independent scholarship that said that going through ivf is can can be experienced as traumatic as going through cancer treatment and and it is it's it's a traumatic experience that really stays with you bodily absolutely yeah and I think that's so important what you've just said about that bodily experience that um where consciously in our minds we can be moving ahead but actually our body is still storing and holding on to to an event and an experience and actually Mm. connecting the mind and the body in a way uh, through movement through art through some expression can be incredibly incredibly powerful so yeah and it's really you know I'm glad you you kind of um, mentioned that because I don't think there is enough um, sort of conversation about you know the experience and how it can be incredibly traumatic going through all of that all of the treatments and then at the end you know whatever the result is it's absolutely heartbreaking you know it can be really devastating but to keep keep that momentum um is where we're kind of talking about that momentum through expression um and through as you said healing Mm -hmm. finding a way to heal going back to what we were saying about the grief um it's an unseen grief there's oh. nothing to grieve because you haven't got a physical yeah you're grieving an absence yeah yeah um which i think a lot of people may struggle to understand yeah and i think that's where rituals come in really really um really sort of so important to mark with some ritual and rituals you know can come in all sorts of forms and shapes and sizes and actually they're not only exclusive for certain things and I think when we kind of try to to find ways to do that expression as we do in art therapy is 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 marking isn't it um yes marking an emotion and giving that space to be heard and it can be so powerful Mm. um Sue 
do you have any favorite quotes because um I like to share quotes and you've seen my Instagram. I'm always sharing quotes. Um, I think for me, certainly in times when I'm feeling really, really low, as we're talking, you know, about the, these kind of transitional spaces, there can be one little thing that I read that gives me the kind of shelf and the boost that I need for that particular day. Is there anything that comes to your mind that is a, a favorite of yours that you could share? Yes, I've got two favorites. One of them came from my brilliant clinical supervisor in my placement when I was at uni who told me to always remain curious yeah and I really hold that near and try to remind myself of it always remain curious in my clinical work and also in my art practice as well but there's also another one um, by Sean McMath trust the process I find myself going back to that one a lot. Trusting yeah, that process yeah. again, clinically and in in an art practice as well, that the process will show you. Yeah, and I think um, both of those about the curiosity and trusting the process means relinquishing control, mm-hmm. and that's something that I guess uh, daily we can probably struggle with when so much is out of control. But actually, that curiosity that you're talking about always for me feels like compassion it can always yeah. feel like having that compassion of you know not not judging something but being curious about the you know whatever it is and letting as you said the the process unfold mm. and those are quite powerful things together yes and I think you know in this this day and age it's so easy to rush to assumptions yeah. and rush to trying to assign meaning to things yeah. and um, one of the things that came out of my um, master's independent scholarship was um, when you rush to assumptions and rush for answers, you um, oh, you might have to edit this part. <laughs> That's okay. The tip of my tongue. Well, it's real, um, isn't it? It will come back to you. It's real. It's real life. What happens? I do this all the time. I get, get to the beginning and then I... Yes. Oh, I've got it. You, you cut yourself off from other possibilities yeah by rushing to it could be this or it should be this or it it is this you um you limit the experience because yeah miss out on so many other things that it could be yeah and actually that really takes me right back as we were talking about the infertility about um you know limiting the the possibilities by because there's so much self-judgment isn't there in that process and about not you know being compassionate and 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 sort of being able to find that space to to kind of know that you're not going through this on your own that there have been and there are many others that have gone through this journey and to have that compassion to be able to then open up to possibilities and if I can use my experience to help even one person um to give themselves space and to be compassionate with themselves because I didn't do that at the time. And I was so hard. I was horrible to myself. If I can help somebody yeah. be kind to themselves and to help them through a really difficult period, then 
I'll be yeah. I'll be happy to be able to do that. Yeah, just to reach that one person. And actually that's the thing, is is never just that one person because then it goes, it feeds to the next, it feeds to the next. And so yeah, I really am so grateful, Sue, because as you said, it can be a real vulnerable place to speak about these yes. these um topics. And actually the more we do and break down those um you know barriers around having these conversations the more we normalize these conversations the more we can actually bring it into a space where we can then start reaching out for support and help mm. earlier on yeah and banish yeah, that loneliness <clears throat> and that separation that you feel yeah absolutely and to find that connection mm. so yeah it's really really important and um, so i have a quick fire round of questions okay. <laughs> this is, this is okay. the, the fun bit it says quick fire round but sometimes we can go into it a little bit deeper <laughs> uh, so if you're ready texting or talking definitely talking talking yes um what is your favorite color my favorite color is magenta magenta that's quite a powerful color yes yes i really love magenta and it, it appears in my work more and more oh i need to share your um instagram things as well we'll do that at the end okay. and we've also talked about the last book you downloaded um and that was the self-compassion by christine neff which we'll put yes. up in the show notes and uh, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals that's a difficult one, but I think I would have to go with the animals. The animals. <laughs> I think most of us that have got animals, and I spoke to, to another colleague about this on uh, the uh, podcast with Moriam, and she said, um, uh, you know, the silence, to be silent. And actually, when we think about connecting with element, animals, there is no language. And actually, mm. the way we, we work in art therapy is similarly... <laughs> sometimes yes. can be no language at all so you know so it stumped me when she said that but it's quite true so animals yeah. it is um, and fill in the blank my superpower is I think my superpower is commitment so when I feel committed to doing something I like to see things through I feel like that's my superpower commitment seeing it through that's really really powerful and what is your favorite season that again that's i don't have one favorite season i have two um spring and autumn yeah, so the, it's, yeah. it's the transition yeah. times isn't it yeah the spring I, where things are starting to i think it's the colors as well and that that bright green this spring was really vibrant, I felt, you know, the, the yeah. new grass and the new leaves. But at autumn, the colours that you get in the trees when the leaves are changing, yeah. just beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And it brings us really back into the present moment of things, doesn't it? And the last one, slippers or cosy socks? That would have to be slippers, but my slippers aren't just normal slippers. They're like um, calf length sheepskin <laughs> slippers and so, they're lined with fur and they're just my I'm on my third pair now they're um from a company <laughs> in Scotland and they're just the best they're so toasty in one so they're like slippers and socks in one so they're they're slip socks yeah. <laughs> slip ox <laughs> they're a combination <laughs> brilliant thank you Sue and um, before we go where can people find you 
So my um, artwork is via my website, um, which is suebulma.co.uk. And I'm also on Instagram um, at suebulma. I've got a Facebook page for my art business and also for my art therapy. Um, it's Trent Valley Art Therapy. And you could find my website and there'll be links to Facebook and Instagram pages on there. Brilliant. We'll put those up in the show notes in case anybody wants to reach out and and kind of ask any more questions. Is that okay? Yes, absolutely. Can I reach? I've also got um, on Instagram metaphorically maternal, which is um, I post a lot of imagery um, about infertility and pregnancy loss on there. So that's quite Brilliant. a visual platform of, of wonderful. Yeah, no, great. I'll share those on the show notes. Um, thank you, Sue. Uh, really, thank you so much. Um, really, absolutely grateful for for you taking this this sort of um, space to be able to be vulnerable and be present and to sort of open up this dialogue. So, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Me. You're welcome. Thank you, Sue. You know, I feel there's a lot more that we can cover. So this might be a subject and an area that we come back to. And if there's anything else that you feel like we haven't covered and you'd like to hear, just let me know. Ping me a, um, a message or leave me some feedback on the podcast. And we can we can start talking about that because it's really important to bring these uh, topics to light. Um, so there you go. There was That was that episode. I will have some more and over Christmas I will be having a little bit of a break so there might be a break in the podcasts or I might be um, doing some flying solos but either way I'll keep them coming when I can. Um, So thank you again for listening. Um, I really hope you are enjoying the podcasts. Um, It's always good to get a review so I know whether I'm hitting the mark or I'm missing the mark or any other subjects that you want covered. Um, and let's see if we can bring them to you in podcasts Um, again thank you to all those people that have been getting in touch with me and letting me know how much they're enjoying them because it really means the world to me actually because it's quite a vulnerable place to be and as we know vulnerability is where the growth is okay guys I'm going to leave you now Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and once again big huge thanks to Sue Bulmer for being vulnerable in this space with me and letting us have this conversation Thank you, Sue. And I will see you again soon. All right. Well, take care now. Bye.